Welcome to the Numb Podcast. I'm Charles Chafin. Today it is recency bias. Well, recency bias and being in the present. Get a lot of emails about being in the present. People like talking about that. I think people would like want to do it more too. It's my sense. They want to have authentic experiences and be present and not be texting someone else, but actually be focused on the experience or the person or the work that, that that's in front of them. And I kind of had an experience last week that hopefully illustrates that I practice what I preach. I'm here in Los Angeles, I'm here for, I don't know, about a month, uh, meeting with some clients, doing some couple talks and doing a lot of vacation. And I had the opportunity by myself to go over to Joshua Tree National Park. And if you've never been, you should go. It's beautiful. Um, so we were in Palm Springs, and I had a rental car, and I just drove over. It's about 30, I don't know, 30 miles from Palm Springs. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go right at sunset. Those are the great pictures, and the stars and the sun. Well, I guess the sun's with the sunset, and then after the sunset, the stars come out. But you get my point. So I had the rental car, and I don't drive. You know, my time is between D.C. and New York. I don't have a car. Um, so I had a rental car, beautiful Ford Mustang convertible, black. I look pretty cool in it, if I may say. At least as cool as I can. Anyway, so I drove over there. It's it's like 4 o'clock. And my friend's like, you got to leave at three. And I did. And I got over there around four o'clock. The sun's starting to set. It's, you know, it's January. And I get off the freeway and the low fuel light comes on. And I know, you know, you should check these things and uh, yeah, whatever. And I thought, okay, what do I do? The sun's starting to set. I'm here. I want to enjoy this experience. Do I go find gas. What do I do? I thought, well, you know, the fuel light's on. You know how those cars are. They, well, I really don't know how they are, but I've, I've learned that, you know, you get a few miles after the fuel light comes on. They probably even factor in a few more miles, like that they don't tell you. They give you a little more of a buffer, right? So if it says you have, you know, 50 miles to empty, it's probably like 60. I mean, that's how I would design a car, right? So that fewer people fewer idiots like me would run out of fuel. So anyway, so I I made the decision, you know what? I'm going into the park. Let's do this. The sun's setting. It's going to be gorgeous. It's a beautiful day. And if you know the park, the first three miles off of the interstate are kind of an upward grade and it's a slow upward grade. And so I'm burning fuel and I'm watching the mile count go down lower and lower and lower. And so now I'm at a point thinking, okay, we're 20 or 30 miles to empty. And for every mile that I'm going in the park, that's a mile I got to go out of the park with the same (laughs) small tank of fuel that I have. So as I continue to go, trying to find the right spot, trying to find lots of Joshua trees and the best spot for my pictures and whatever, I thought, you know what? This is getting a little more involved than I thought. It's getting darker. Let me check my iPhone. I'll pull over, safe driving. I'll pull over and see where the closest gas station is. 
No internet. Shocking, right? No internet in the middle of the desert. So now I'm getting a little unnerved. Um, thinking, okay, I have no internet. I may have no gas. The sun is setting. So here's where the numb podcast comes in. I realized, okay, I may or may not have enough fuel to get out of the park and get to a gas station, but it is becoming gorgeous. It is just an incredibly beautiful place. It's an incredibly beautiful moment. I'm going to take in the moment and get some pictures and then put my phone down and just enjoy this experience, this tranquility and beauty and whatever. And then if the bandits come and get me or rattlesnakes, they have all kinds of rattlesnakes there, then I've had the moment. I've either, you know, right? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run out of gas whether I have the moment or not. So I might as well have the moment and then run out of gas. I mean, you could make the argument, well, why don't you, you know, you're going to wait till the sun goes down. Now it's dark, but nevertheless. Um, and I did have the moment and it was an incredibly... Um, spiritual experience um i don't know what side of the street you you walk on when it comes to to that but even if it's not a spiritual experience that tranquility and beauty natural beauty is something to to really behold and i had that and it was great um and the way it ended was i got the car and i coasted down the three three mile grade that i had gone up and made it to a gas station at Coachella uh, with about five miles of gas left in the tank. So it was a happy ending. But it is all about that notion of being in the moment. And and so I thought about sharing that with you all today because, first of all, to illustrate how stupid I am when it comes to looking at the gas gauge. Um, but secondly, you know, we have all kinds of things that we have to do, and we have all kinds of pending things that are coming about. Um, but being in that moment is really important. And once that moment's gone, it's actually gone forever. And so as nervous as I was, and I have to say, I was pretty nervous about the the notion of, because uh, I went over by myself, and I was, no, I was nervous about not having any gas with, with no internet. Losing the internet was a pretty big thing or self-service, I guess. Um, but I'm proud of myself for having the moment, and I'm proud of my Ford Mustang convertible for making it to Coachella. Um, we'll be back right after this to talk about recency bias. This is the Numb Podcast. I'm Charles Chafin. Numb, 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 numb. And now on to recency bias. So a recency bias, some people call it availability bias, is it's a it's a it's a cognitive error that where people think that something that happened recently is gonna occur again, right? Even if the those events are independent of one another. Right. So I always think about it. Gambling is always a great example. Uh, gambling in the markets are the two best examples. So, and, you know, gambling, oh, I've rolled two ones three times in a row. So it's going to happen again. Well, you know, each roll of the dice is independent of one another. So that's a, 
that's a bias. That's a it's a cognitive error. Um, same things we same thing we see in in investing. This is a this is a hot stock, so it's going to continue to be hot, or the market's going to continue to go down. So it's gone down, so it's going to continue to go down rather. Um, and so therefore, my behavior is going to be X. Um, it really illustrates the some of the limitations of our short-term memory, right? So we tend to, when it comes to what we remember, we tend to remember the beginning and end of things. And you see that in lots of different um, different areas. So you see that in, certainly in marketing, right? The beginning of an ad and the end of an ad, like a commercial, tends to be very, very positive. There tends to be an element of reinforcement at the end. You see that uh, it's a natural state of music, what we call ABA form. If you listen to a lot of like popular music, it tends to have a theme, then it has something different, and then that theme comes back again. That's kind of an output of this. Uh, it's not designed for you to remember necessarily that theme, but it is kind of a naturally occurring, it, 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 it's a naturally occurring way that we sort out meaning and experiences, and hence something like APA, ABA form, as it's called, kind of connects with that. Um, you know, airplane crashes is another example. So, you know, there aren't that many airplane crashes, but when there is one, that can cause some people to um, not fly, to alter their behavior, right? Um, even though it may have... It may, it may only happen, I don't know what uh, statistics are recently when it comes to crashes, but there aren't very many. It's very safe to fly. But people will point their finger at that event and some people and say, well, I'm not going to fly. It's not safe. We're not thinking more longitudinally about, you know what, look, this is one crash that's happened and there hasn't been another one in years and the probability is really, really small. However, I'm not going to fly because of what what just occurred with this crash. And so, you know, we're seeing that right now, even with people in the stock market, it's been a very volatile month. It's been actually a little bit longer than a month. And a lot of people are changing their behaviors because of that, that recency bias. And so things that we can do to address that is we can, first of all, being a historian can be helpful when it comes to just about anything, right? So if we are, if we have some element of knowledge of flying or of gambling probability or shark attacks that, you know, there aren't very many of them, that can help us combat recency bias. Oh yeah, that happened. I know it happened and that makes me a little bit nervous to fly again or to swim in that particular beach. But it doesn't happen very often. So therefore, you know, the probabilities are small. So I'm going to continue with my path forward. Um, and, you know, I mean, with the, with the market, it is, um, it's really helpful, obviously, to have someone to talk with you. And one of the reasons why an advisor can be helpful is because an advisor could say, well, wait a minute, let's, let's look at the big picture here. Here's where this event happened that's causing this recency bias. 
But let's look at a broader picture of performance over a year or two years or five years. See where we are. We're in this little dot right here. But let's think about the big picture. And of course, obviously sticking with some element of a long-term investment plan or financial plan is also helpful, right? Stick with the plan, stick with the plan. And, you know, in some of my work, you know, even talking to friends, even during this volatility, if you remember, we had market volatility back in 2020 when COVID first hit. You know, if you go back and look at look at April and May, I mean, it was rough, right? And it's a little, still a little, it's a little choppy now. Um, but if you go back and say, and I, I've said this to my friends, look at what happened in May. Look at May 2020 and look what happened after that. So stay the course and sometimes not, you know, in this case, sometimes not looking at your funds daily is a good thing. You don't need to do that because it causes this unneeded angst, right? Um, you know, another example, thinking about thinking about this element of recency bias is employee evaluations. Um we tend to remember if there was a project, you know, at the end of the year that was due in November or December, if we're evaluating employee, we tend to maybe get give extra weight to that that project as opposed to thinking more longitudinally. And ways we can combat that is obviously taking notes can be helpful um, and reviewing those notes throughout the year. So maybe you do a quarterly evaluation of your employee. And the most important part of that, even if it's informal, um, which which I've done, um, I'll go back and look at what I wrote in at the end of the first quarter and the second quarter so that I'm thinking more broadly so that if something terrible happens at the very end that the project didn't go well, I, I don't want to overly weigh that when I'm evaluating an employee. Um, so there's an element there of short-term memory that we can counter, right? You know, kind of goes back to the previous podcast episodes where we were talking about, you know, reconfiguring our environment so that we can meet whatever goals that we want. So when it comes to if we're a manager, reconfiguring our environment is taking good notes, reviewing those notes once in a while so that you're developing a composite picture of the performance of the of the employee one of my favorite examples of of playing on recency bias is course evaluations in colleges and universities and so when there are in-person classes and the it doesn't always happen now but a lot it still happens in a lot of cases where uh, course evaluations from the students are, happen during the last class, um, and there's a lot of weight on a lot of those, especially as it comes to tenure and promotion. And so, in uh, some institutions like teaching schools, it's, it, it, it's weighted even more than that, more than than research what schools. And so, what does the professor do? You got to break those course evals. Let's have pizza. <laughs> so you know, and, and so you find you know some of the well, some faculty who may be not as focused on their teaching could be really focused on the type of pizza that they're bringing on the day of the of the course evaluations. 
doesn't hurt to bring pizza. I mean, it, you know, you could say, well, relative to recency bias, it's a it's a waste to bring pizza in the middle of the semester because nobody's going to remember it. They might appreciate the moment, then they're going to forget it, right? <laughs> so anyway, I don't mean to be too cynical, but I do live and breathe. So ways to combat it. Reconfiguring our environment, taking good notes as we're thinking about as a manager can be really, really helpful. So we're developing a composite picture, as I said. You know, one of the things I write, wrote in in this episode, um, n- the notes for this episode, is read a book. You know, know more about what's whatever topic this is so that you're not a victim to the ebb and flow of a volatile world. And we live in a fluid, volatile world. Things change and things happen. Better understanding, well, how often does this happen, right? You know, even going back to the example of the employee, which I think is, I think is one of the better examples, you know, it's kind of like if if an employee does a certain thing, whether it's good or bad, you kind of want to say, well, how often does that happen? You know, you might even ask somebody, does that happen all the time? Or, you know, you're developing your own, you know, perspective on the on this employee, you're new to the position or whatever, and you want to find out how often does this happen? How often do, do sharks attack or do planes crash or you know, does the market, you know, we see market growth four out of five years usually. How often does this tend to happen? And um, that really can help people. I mean, I even think about it in terms of of talking with friends about, going back to that example of this current market and this little ETF that me and some friends are, are in, you know, it's like, we just went through this. It's okay. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Just let it go. And we're we're at this one little jagged point in a much larger graph, and and that could that could be really really helpful. Um, so that's recency bias. This is the point at the very end of this where I say all the positive things. So just to review, <laughs> recency bias is our uh, it's a, it's a it's a cognitive error uh, where we think that recent events are going to happen again. And those recent events are independent of one another. Whether it happened once before, it doesn't doesn't really matter or not. And it is really, um, it really is irrational. It's one of those biases, and it's different than anything like um, confirmation bias that I know we talked about talked about recent recent recently. So before I go, I do want to mention: once I never could have hoped to win, you're starting down that road, leaving me again. The threats you made were meant to cut me down. And if our love was just a circus, you'd be a clown by now. You know, I'm certainly standing better than I ever did, looking like a true survivor, feeling like a little kid. I'm still standing after all this time, picking up the pieces of my life without you on my mind. Y'all know that song. That's I'm Still Standing by Elton John. I heard it in the car as we were driving, driving into the desert. With gas. Uh, I want to mention that the audio engineer for the Numb Podcast is Tim Dolbear, and the music is written and recorded by the great Jim Torito. Um, email, I have an email from London, UK, from Sean D. And Sean D. says, I've been thinking about the idea of loneliness lately, particularly as the pandemic rolls on. I do think that we 
we have constantly we have to constantly be aware of the amount and types of relationship we have and work to include more. And really, yeah, I add parenthetically to that, you know, yeah, you know, taking you know, it's taking stock is it, you know of of the re- the quality and the quantity of our relationships isn't working for us. I really like that. Uh, he goes on to say, I like your suggestion of being involved in something bigger than ourselves, and I'm working on that now. It is tough when we are masked and at home. But it's something I'm thinking about. Thanks for such a a great episode. Keep it up. Yeah, you know, that idea of being part of something bigger than yourselves. If you remember, we talked about whether it's being part of your church or synagogue or even just joining a local gym or stopping by a regular deli and talking to folks and um, whatever that might be to, to just be part of something bigger. Um, and 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 I really like the beginning of what you're talking about that you know, uh, Sean, and this idea of just being aware of it. And you know, as as we talked about in that episode, you know, it is kind of one of the most difficult things that people have to admit to themselves is that they're lonely. And you know, sometimes addressing it head on and saying, you know, I I want to have a little bit more fulfillment, I want to have more authentic experiences with more people can help alter behavior in positive ways, like what you're mentioning here. So thanks for that. Thanks for that email, Sean. Uh, I should mention you could get the Num Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, um, or wherever you get your uh, podcast. And I do hope that you will leave a review. And with that, thanks for joining today. And remember, If you're not where you are, you're nowhere. See you later.